Omaha.com subscribers and Nebraska high school sports fans, welcome in to the latest episode of the Prep Zone podcast. Mike Patterson and Stu Pospisil are here with me today uh, to recap an exciting week one in, in football and also talk a little volleyball as well. So guys, uh, plenty of headlines from Friday night. Um, where should we start? We have Westside's beatdown of Creighton Prep, BAT, you were there, and, and Stu, obviously you've been to both Bellevue West games. So it's up to you guys. Where should we start? Well, let's t- start with number one and, and Omaha West Side. You know, with eight or 17 returning starters, guys, you knew West Side was going to be certainly on the short list of contenders. They have almost all the pieces back. Prep is reloading uh, some the first week against Bellevue West. It was 27 14. Uh, you know, you didn't know how to read that game. Now you kind of read it a little bit more that. Uh, Maybe Bellevue West isn't as good, and Prep may be looking at a definite uh, rebuild season because it was 57-7, and Mike, I think you could probably say that uh, Paul Amangi called off the dogs. Yeah, it was uh, 45-7 at halftime. So um, You had the running clock, obviously. Right, right. 14-7, Prep had just scored. Then they kicked off to West Side, and... Uh, Caleb Benning went 88 yards for a touchdown, and boy, nothing good happened for Prep after that. It was just all West Side, total domination, and uh, like you said, it's uh, West Side right now, and North looks like they might uh, make a little noise. And um, well, I think Elkhorn South too, El- and Elkhorn South. You know, I, th- I think those are the big three right now. Um, you know, I was really impressed with North last week, and that was with uh, Sebastian Serco having a, what I would call an average game, but, uh, you know, uh, Khalil Champ Davis, three touchdown passes. I mean, he, he made uh, Serco look uh, good last week, and, but it was the defense. I mean, uh, Tyson Terry and uh, uh, Samarius Henderson up front really got uh, – Nebraska recruit uh, Danny Kalen out of out of sync, and I don't know Isaiah McMorris uh, didn't play. He's been dealing with a hamstring issue. I don't think that would have made a difference in this one, other than maybe one more touchdown because Kalen was overthrowing his uh, deep balls and uh, got picked off once uh, while throwing on the run. And I I think North certainly showed that uh, Westside, which plays Bellevue West in two weeks what the formula is. You mentioned defense, and that probably gets overshadowed when your offense scores 57 points. But, uh, you know, Prep just couldn't really move the ball against that west side defense, first half, second half, and really their only scoring drive was aided by two or three penalties that kept the drive alive. And I think they scored, it was fourth and four, and they ended up scoring their one touchdown. So uh, kind of belated props to the west side defense because they really brought it too. Well, prep, prep doesn't have Marty Brown this year. And Marty, North Dakota State uh, freshman right now, they've got – and there may not be anybody like him in the program. I mean, you know, you've, you've got good running backs that only come along so often. So, you know, if, if, if Prep has to rely on the, the throw, I'm not sure that's their forte this year. And they had to rebuild their lines. Yeah, so that's where Prep is at. I mean, you guys mentioned, I think, over the weekend, that was their worst loss in over 100 years. Um, yes. They sit at 0-2 for the first time in how no, long? they've had some 0-2 okay. starts. Okay, okay. But, uh, and they've been 1-3 recently. I mean, you know, um, 
they need to probably pick up one this week against Miller North. That's a Thursday night special that I'm not sure how many people are going to be at Burke Stadium because there's a little game going on against it uh, up in Minneapolis. So. Oh, I've heard that. You know, you mentioned 0-2, Dylan. I don't think that was a surprise because they're playing the number one, one and two and teams. Yeah. People probably thought that Prep was going to be 0-2 after that, but uh, and they played Bellevue West close, but uh, did not play West Side close. So, um, yeah, time for the Junior Jays to regroup. And, boy, after that uh, that beatdown that they suffered, I'm sure they're really uh, motivated in practice this week, and we'll see what happens against Millard North. For sure. No, I mean, that's definitely a tough start, like you said. That's a that's a good point there, the top two ranked teams in the preseason. But, you know, it's too early for this probably. It's just week one. But you look at Westside's schedule. You know, they got Grand Island this Friday, then Bellevue West after that, Miller North, Norfolk, North Platte. Uh, North, North Platte beat Westside last year Okay. at North Platte. <laughs> I was going to so, say, point and, me to a loss, but okay. And Carney's on be. the schedule. Westside goes out there. You know, they, they don't. Um, I th- they s- check that schedule again. I, I believe don't they have Elkhorn South towards the end of the year? They have Millard South second to last. And so then, Millard South, okay. Yep. yep Carney's in we there. We got so many Souths and Norths and Northwest and directional schools that. Uh, yeah, and, and Millard South had a good win, uh, 28-27 over Millard West last week. So, before we tackle the the uh, Benson uh, situation, why well, just run down the. The top ten and the number ones in the other classes. Um, yeah, let's do that quick. Elkhorn South moves up to number two after 35-7 over uh, Lincoln Southeast. Uh, North got uh, two notches up to number three. Gretna, a solid win over um, a Burke team with a, a late coaching change there. Sitting four, Millard South five. Papillion La Vista, good win over previous number four, Miller North 28-10. Uh, they're six, Kearney seven, Bellevue West Falls from second to eighth. Uh, Papio South two and zero with wins at um, North Platte and then uh, against Fremont last week. That's the my game of the week on Friday night. Uh, Papio Papio South. Um, if uh, PLV Stadium isn't filled to capacity, I'll be shocked. I know I'm going to get there early. Millard West stays tenth. Miller North falls out. Uh, Class B Bainton. Uh, disputed touchdown at the end against Omaha Scott. Um, 14-13 win for the Badgers, 27th straight in a row. Uh, they stay one. Elkhorn North was idle. Uh, they're two, and Scott remains three. In C1, Aurora uh, beat uh, Grand Island Northwest 50-30. Uh, some some little brother of a, or of a Creighton basketball player named Shireman. This one would be Booker Shireman. Uh, accounted for all seven touchdowns for Aurora, and he's only a junior. So he's going to – I mean, Baylor could have been a college quarterback. I think little brother is definitely looking at the college football route. Oregon C2, North Platte, St. Pat's, an eight-man one. South Loop, an eight-man two. And Lincoln Parkview and six-man continue to head those ratings. You bet. Yeah, we saw Booker last year at Memorial Stadium, right? Uh, the, the Huskies were mm-hmm. there. Were there, uh, a little, last year little as decimated well. at the end, yep. and, and Pierce was with Ben Bramer yes. and uh, company Abram Schulting at quarterback. That that was a clinic that day. <laughs> that was a good day for for the Blue Jays for sure. So no, I mean I wanted to ask you guys a little bit about uh, that uh, that controversial ending of the Bennington Scut game. I, I liked how you kept Scut at three because yeah, you look at some different angles on Twitter and. You know, from one, it looks like he got in. You look at the down-the-line version, it, it looked like his shoulder was breaking the plane, but 
maybe the ball, you couldn't really see the ball. I, well, there's no instant replay. No. So, yeah, and you, you've got an official that's making 75 bucks as a hobby. You know, it was very, very close. I, I don't think he got in looking at the angle that I saw um, that was uh, from the side judge uh, right on the goal line. But, again, it was a little bit inside the goal line. You know, I don't know. It, you would think those two are going to see each other again at some point. And I, I think it says that, uh, you know, Bangton had some moxie. Uh, they lost their offensive coordinator to Fort Calhoun as head coach, uh, lose their two-year starting quarterback, um, you know, running back. So they're kind of reloading a bit. Scott's got a big senior class. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, you maybe throw Waverly in and possibly Scott's bluff. I think those top five, you know, Bankton's not going to be head and shoulders above everybody else, and it should be for a fun year in C or in Class B. I think Stu made a point where those refs are making seventy-five dollars a game. They're not the pro referees, and we're so conditioned to uh, the replay these days in the NFL and and Major League Baseball and everything. And uh, you know, those guys are doing the best they can. Like you said, it it was a really close call either way. Could have gone either way. So it, it's really hard to come down on, on the refs in a situation like that. You uh, live with their decision, and I think, uh, you know, fans would probably disagree, possibly, the, the militant ones, but the athletic directors and everybody who matters in schools know that, hey, those guys are out there doing their best, and uh, we're going to live with the, what their decision is. Probably errors more unnoticed during the game. You know, it's, it's the one that gets noticed, and if it was an error, you know, I mean, again, it's a – it, it's like a sheet of paper or a, a binder difference there. So A little off topic, but I think we're maybe going a little too over the top on this, uh, on replay or automated umpires yes. and things like that. It's like, you know, there has to be a human element at some point. So, I mean, that's another whole discussion. But, uh, yep. yeah, that's uh, it was a close call either way, and it went Bennington's way. Well, do you want to tackle my alma mater? Yeah, so we were talking about some blowouts, and uh, yeah, so Lincoln North Star this weekend, 93-0 against, against well, Benson on Friday night. Yeah, it was 49 nothing after a quarter, 86 nothing after a half, which already broke the Class A modern-day scoring record. Uh, you know, Benson thought at the end of last season it was going to have uh, really promising uh, season they were three and six lost one in double overtime lost another on a late field goal uh, they returned a uh, all metro player they returned a uh, wide receiver that um, has a Nebraska offer as a freshman uh, and then in the off season uh, Terrence Mackey their coach of five years uh, applies for and uh, takes the central high job uh, his uh, Co-coach in the um, Jaguars program at the Boys Club, Abdul Muhammad, former Husker, comes with him. The Boys Club kids had been going largely to North and Central. Now they were starting to come to Benson because those two had been there. Well, the migration didn't include just Mackey and Muhammad. It included 17 players, including those two honor kids, uh, going over. So instead of Benson having... A roster of about 50 and uh, probably 15 to 18 starters back. They were left with 32 players, including 10 freshmen, uh, two players with starting experience, and a new coach. 
and you could see this coming. So, the uh, from you know all my visits over the weekend, they intend to keep playing. Uh, Ryan Hansen of Omaha, Brian, who uh, is the coach of the team, Benson Place this week, said that his first year. Brian was down to 17 players having to go back-to-back -back weeks to Grand Island and Millard West. Eight or nine of those kids were freshmen. They didn't throw in the towel. They kept playing, and Brian this year, given its schedule, I think could have a four- or five-win season and maybe be where a Benson could be. South last year was another team that was four and five. Loses its coach to Omaha Burke. And OPS is not going to work against professional advancement, is what they've said. So you can move around as evidently a player and coach in OPS, and there's going to be no repercussions. So, you know, more power to Benson. And I think that the coaches out there that have Benson yet on the schedule, I would say the great majority aren't going to, uh, you know, just try and beat their heads into a a pulp because nobody wants to see football given up at a school. Well, one point, Stu, and Benson does play north in a couple of weeks, so that's a big red flag there. But I think one of the uh, problems with the score going so high is that uh, with the mercy rule, you get the running clock, but that only goes into effect in the second half. So you Yes can and no. You can agree at any time. If, if it looks like safety or emergency, you can you can implement the thirty five after a quarter. Okay, because that score obviously Doug, went Doug really Gold's, high in the first half. Yeah, Doug Gold's at false sacred heart, eight man power for years and years. He's invoked that a couple times, talking to the you know the opposing coach. You, you know, there's the team sitting zero and six. They've they've had the mercy rule every week on them. Doug says, "Listen, we're not going to beat you guys up. We're going to." You know, let's play a quarter of normal timing, and then we'll play runtime after that. And if it gets out of hand, you can also terminate. But, you know, I don't see that being if, – if you're playing your JV kids, if you're playing the, the bottom of the bench and, and a game like against Benson or Northwest or South this year, you ought to be clearing the bench if you've got a sizable lead. That seems like something you should address before the game starts, you know, not, hey, it's first well, quarter and it's – 42 to you, nothing already, whatever. You've got a new coach from Benson and a second-year coach from Lincoln North Star. The North Star won two games last year. One of those was over Benson. So, again, you've got it's, – it's not like you've had Tom Jaworski and uh, Fred Petito out there. You know, these guys are learning almost as much on the job as the kids. And I think it's important for Benson to be able to play running clock – because you gotta get your kids experience somehow. And as long as they're not, you know, sending out Tyson Terry in the second quarter against Benson unless the score is fourteen nothing. You know, if you've got and, and Larry Martin is as concerned about the Benson situation, I can tell you, as anybody. Because he he does not want you know, he's in it for the, the right reasons, the game, and North is very, very good and those kids know each other and you know, Benson caught a bad break with, with what happened with the migration. Hashtag Larry Martin, fellow Bears fan. Oh. 
There we go. Yeah, we had to save time for that, right? Uh, we, want, we want 30 seconds on how the Bears are going to win the North. Well, I know you're a Vikings guy, <laughs> Dylan. So, uh, yeah, it looks like it's up for grabs. We finally got number 12 out of Green Bay, so uh, that's a positive. So I'll, <laughs> all, I'll all I'm going to say is we still got the best quarterback in the division, I'm, I'm pretty sure, Kirk Cousins. So. I'll give the Bears a shot. We'll see. <laughs> go Lions. Well, yeah, I, I mean. I refer to the NFC North except for the Vikings. Is that right? Okay. okay. Well, right. He has told me that his two favorite teams are the Bears and the Packers. That is impossible. That's like yeah, cheering for the North and the South in the Civil War. So I like I, I said, battle. I said pick a team, make it the Bears, and go from there. Exactly. Yeah, you pick one of them. Jeez. Uh, it's tough twice a year. Yeah, um, well, and it's been really tough. No, no, you see, I will never root for the Cardinals against the Cubs. I mean, you know, we have our demarcation lines here. You know, it's Cubs all the way. And, you know, I'll explain this real quick. When I was growing up, Jerry Taggy off the national championship team was Green Bay's quarterback. So a 9-year-old, 10-year-old kid's going to root for the, the, you know, national championship quarterback now playing pro football. Professional life, I've become good friends with a old photographer from Channel 7, Bob Horder, who grew up in Oak Park, Illinois, wore a Blackhawks uh, coat about nine months out of the year. And so he's, he's Chicago Bears for sure, and obviously Cubs. And I had gotten into the Cubs because one of my buddies at UNL was a diehard Braves fan because of when we got cable in Nebraska. And I couldn't root for the Mets because they had traded Tom Seaver. So I fell in love with the Cubs. Too, so much, then, too much information. You should just cheer for the Royals, who are probably going to lose uh, 120 games this year. So there's plenty of room. they might still beat uh, Oakland. Plenty of room on the bandwagon. Uh, yeah, bottom of the barrel They there, can't lose sure. 120. They got 41 wins. <laughs> or 42 wins. Are you sure about that? Can I they lose so. all? Well, look no. at your Morning yeah. World Herald. <laughs> I think anything's possible this year with the Royals in a negative way. <laughs> Lose so. out in September here? Yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll yep. see. So, um, all right, guys, we're about done here. Um, I want to try a new segment out real quick, just called Breakout Baller. Um, and we're, that's going to be somebody that kind of just jumped off to you uh, this week. So, Stu, I, th- I think we kind of cited on Champ Davis this week. You were there. You, you talked to him after the game really kind of a breakout game for the sophomore. Yeah, well, I'd say Champ Davis and Preston or Peyton Prestito from Papio, one running, one catching. Uh, Preston, or Peyton, excuse me, I'm going to say Preston for some reason. It's Peyton Prestito, and he's very good, and uh, he and the, the uh, Jarman kid from uh, Omaha North, who had, or Cannon, had a good game for North. But running backs are kind of in short supply. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Champ uh, Davis, which he prefers over Khalil, uh, th- uh, five catches, 162 yards, three touchdown haul-ins from uh, Sebastian Serco. Uh, has a Nebraska offer on the table. Uh, it won't be the last. Absolutely. I have to throw in, and this isn't exactly a surprise, but Caleb Benning for yes. Westside returned a kickoff for 88 yards for a touchdown. He caught a TD pass of about 30 yards. He intercepted a pass that set up another score, and uh, he just impacted that game several ways. So well, I think he had his breakout last year. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I, he I might, he might not count. He's already. Out. Yeah. He, I was going to say. He's it's giving a lot of people, you know, an itchy rash. I was going to say. We can always pick him every week. Yeah. <laughs> not exactly a new name, but uh, you know, jo- is it Javez Ross? Javez. Yeah. Yeah. Westside's running back. He had, a really, right? he had a really yep. nice game, too. And, of course, Rezac, the uh, the quarterback, had a nice game. And, man, uh, Christian Jones had a nice game on defense. How about Kenyon Cotton? Did he get much action? Uh, he scored a touchdown. Caught, uh, he was behind the prep secondary and caught like a 56-yard TD okay. pass. And because He's got the family speed, and he was <laughs> injured quite a bit last year. If he stays healthy... You know, he's probably the football player in the family after a couple brothers that uh, went big-time track. When I talked to Caleb Benning after the game, he uh, was a little apologetic because on that kickoff, it came down to him and uh, and Keenan at the same time, and he said he kind of maybe took it away a little bit. I, mean, I didn't really see it that way. It was just coming down right between them, but uh, he ended up going 88 yards, and he said, yeah, I felt a little bad that I took the ball away from him, but... Uh, you know, if you're going 88 yards, I don't think you should feel too bad. No, no. You know, seniors have a little seniority there, so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Cotton will get his. Right. Absolutely. So, no, very a, a lot of impressive uh, Warrior performances for sure on Friday night. Um, Agreed. Can we wrap up with volleyball real quick? Uh, PAT, you yeah. were at, um, you were at uh, Papio the other night to watch the Gretna Transfer Faith Frame. She was playing her right. old team. Right. Uh, what would you think of that of the Monarchs? <coughs> she's a uh, <coughs> Excuse me, she's Monarchs an outst- new libero, right? Is that yep. Yep, she's an outstanding player and a great addition to the Monarchs and uh talked to her after the match and she felt a little bad playing against her former teammates, but uh she did a great job and she's going to be a really nice addition to the Monarchs. So uh yeah, the Monarchs lost the first set, came back and won in four. So they're going to be one of the top teams in class A and Let's touch on the Bellevue West Invitational that was this past weekend. That's really one of the biggest ones all season that they run right off the bat. And uh, Papio South, our number one team in Class A, went 6-0 and to win that tournament. They defeated Omaha Scut, the eight-time, yes, I said eight-time, defending Class B champions. Uh, that went the three-set maximum. So Papio South uh, was victorious. So Let's run, run down our uh, top ten here real quick, Dylan. Got Papio South 1, Scott 2, Lincoln Southwest 3, Papio 4, Gretna 5, Elkhorn North 6, Millard North 7, Norris 8, Lincoln East 9, and Millard West is 10. And our number ones in all the classes, Papio South, Scott, Class C1, Grand Island Central Catholic, where Sharon Zavala's won more than... 1,150 matches and counting, state record, obviously. Uh, C2, Lincoln Lutheran, the team that went 40-0 and last year. They're number one in C2. Uh, Sumner, Eddieville, Miller, known as SEM, is number one in D1. And Overton is number one in D2. And, uh, yeah, we move on to this week, and, and we'll see what happens. Any big matches this week that we're going to cover? Uh, Putting you, you on know, the spot. It's... Uh, <laughs> it, it's uh, a little bit of a quiet week after that that big Bellevue West tournament. Um, there's a few kind of smaller tournaments going on on Saturday. Uh, a lot of the teams are kind of avoiding the the middle of the week because of well, the big volleyball, right? Big volleyball, about that. Yep. big volleyball in uh, Nebraska. Obviously, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, and uh, like Stu said, there's football game on Thursday night. We got Labor Day coming up this weekend, so um, and the season got moved up a week. 
yep. a couple a couple years yes. ago. So uh, the state tourney could be played earlier in November. So Bellevue moved its tourney up, and then there's kind of a week scap that some have tried to fill. But um, right. Uh, and and the season's long enough, you know, you don't have to play every single weekend. Absolutely True. not. Loved your story on Omaha.com about all of the high school teams that will be at Memorial Stadium tomorrow to uh, to catch that match. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be the place to be. So uh, I'll be part of that 90,000 throng out in the stands with my wife. And um, I know she's really excited about seeing it. And, uh, you know, we've seen the photos of what the uh, – turf already looks like with the uh with the cord on it and and everything so it's uh gonna be a huge marquee night for not just nebraska volleyball but volleyball in the state we'll be in front of the tube <laughs> I, I will be too absolutely can't wait so i'll wave at you guys i'll, I'll be the one wearing red. <laughs> make sure and unfurl one of those signs like world herald do we have one of those little <laughs> kind of yeah, can we make one little Reminds me, I was covering a Nebraska game many years ago, and uh, I was sitting next to Blair Kirkhoff of the Kansas City Star, and he said his son was out in the crowd, and I said, how are you ever going to find him? He said, well, he's wearing a purple shirt, and I looked out there. Sure enough, there was one little purple speck, so hey, if you want to find me, maybe I should wear something (laughs) non-red. That would work, yeah, because we got black for Wayne State and and blue Blue. for Kearney, and yeah. And red and, and red black, red and black for from Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. You betcha. Lime orange or lime green or yeah, yeah one of those uh, neon neon yeah one of those hunter vests. Wait, I got one of those NSAA uh, media vest. The yeah, orange one? Well, no, the the ones that uh, make you look like oh, yeah. a crossing guard. <laughs> yeah, you were supposed to turn that in at the end of the tournament, by the way. So. Oh, well, I'm moonlighting. <laughs> Do you say so? <laughs> I appreciate you guys for coming on and talking today. We can wrap it up, um, and we'll be back next week to talk week two of football and, and maybe a little volleyball as well. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Dylan. <laughs>